Welcome back to Radicalize Me again. Uh, this is the second time I'm coming at you this week. If you're subscribed, you know, and uh, <laughs> you should be subscribed. But if you're subscribed, you know that I uh, put something out the day before this one. Um, that was about a 20-minute long thing of uh, me talking about why we should all vote for Joe Biden. Uh, for lack of a better option. Um, so you heard, you know, you heard enough from, uh, from just me probably already this week. Um, that was, that was originally, I was, I started recording that as, uh, the, the intro for this episode, the intro to the John Reed episode. Um, and when it, it came out to be 20 minutes long, <laughs> I thought this is just going to be its own thing. Um, I'm not going to make, make you wait that long to get to the, the interview with John Reed. Um, of Millennial America, the podcast. Um, so that's who's on the show today. Um, so we'll get to that very shortly. Um, I do want to, you know, I, I like to give you a little little something at the beginning of this. Um, you know, you're you're welcome to skip ahead if you're about the interviews, but it's a, you know, it's a, this is what I do. Um, I I, I came, come from the the Mark Marin school of podcasting, and uh, I give you a little little segment at the beginning. Okay. Um, but yeah, since you, you heard a lot from me this week, or you can, if you, you know, if you didn't hear that one yet, you can go back and listen to it. But, uh, I just want to use this time since John's show, um, uh, millennial America is another, uh, you know, lefty political, um, show <laughs> that, uh, you know, encourages people to, uh, to vote for certain candidates, encourages people to take certain action, and uh, and contains in it a lot of you know leftist ideas, a lot of uh, leftist ideology, um, and we there's not uh, or there wasn't enough of that for a while, you know. Right wing media is such a, a ubiquitous fucking like oh, there's so much of it, man. <laughs> like, all right, so I want to tell you about some of the the leftist content creators that I've been following. Um, so as for podcasts, we've got uh, Friends of the Show, Millennial America, New Deal Democracy, and the Claire Kindness podcast from from back a few eps. Um, if you want to get into some like anarchist shit, I recommend a show called Last Straw Radio. Um, and go to uh, itsgoingdown.org. And uh, look up the podcast network Channel Zero, too. The, those are two separate things. It's going down in Channel Zero. Um, if you're looking for more of this uh, sort of anarchist um, thought. YouTube. Um, YouTube's great. There's a lot of this shit. Um, if you want to learn more about leftist ideology, we're talking like from social democracy to democratic socialism to socialism to, <laughs> to libertarian socialism. Uh, an anarchy uh, to revolutionary communism. <laughs> I recommend the following channels: uh, Vosh, V A U S H, Xander Hall, uh, Xander with an X, H A L, uh, Shoe on Head, uh, just what it sounds like. <laughs> She's funny. She's good. Uh, Three Arrows, Thought Slime, Philosophy Tube. Contrapoints, Hakim, 
H-A-K-I-M, and Innuendo Studios. You know, I'll try to link to some of these. You don't have to, like, uh, uh, you know, transcribe what I'm (laughs) saying here. Um, And by all means, if you follow other ones, please let me know, and I can shout them out as well. Uh, We could certainly get a more diverse list going. You know, there's a lot of dudes, a lot of white people on this list. I just want to, you know... Uh, the, I'm telling you the ones I, I've found so far. Uh, I'm on a journey here, too. So, uh, yeah, send me an email at radicalizeme at gmail.com or send us a voice message, very exciting, at anchor.fm slash radicalizeme. And that's it. Let's get to the interview with John Reed. All right. Uh, my guest is John Reed from Millennial America, the podcast. How's it hey, y'all. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, Isaac and Holly obviously cannot like join me. Yeah. Uh, he was saying uh, someone someone has coronavirus. Uh, that would be Isaac. He, yeah. um, sorry if he did not want me to mention that, but he oh. <laughs> just, just came down with it uh, recently, which is unfortunate. And then Holly's like out on her honeymoon. Okay. So. They're both kind of occupied right now. That sucks. Yeah, I hope he's okay. Um, <laughs> he seems to be in good spirits. Okay, that's good. <laughs> he's a he's a uh, what is it? Powerful specimen or <laughs> yeah, definitely. Sweet. Um, yeah. So uh, so you do the show and um, what else? You you work in politics, right? Yeah, I so I personally do. Um, like obviously, I'm a consultant i move around work on different races different levels i've worked on uh local levels state level uh federal level my highest that i got to was presidential working on senator sanders race in south carolina oh yeah just like a milestone for me so i'm like super happy about that Um, nice other than that all currently in dc yeah (laughs) other than bernie all republicans right you're just (laughs) no (laughs) absolutely not though i did work for a moderate man i'm not gonna say his name okay um in nashville but it was a metro council race but their race was nonpartisan, so technically right no (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's funny i didn't realize that until recently that a lot of like city positions and stuff are not technically partisan but obviously yeah. it, it's still you know it's like the supreme court's not partisan okay right. <laughs> yeah like like everybody everybody like obviously knows which way you lean like duh just look right. at the policies but <laughs> right it, it's it makes it interesting so uh-huh um yeah so um why don't you tell tell us about the the show a little bit because yeah i've been listening i i like um uh you know the way you guys uh, examine stuff and i'm i'm curious as to where you all are coming from and what kind of the mission of the show is yeah so we're all three from the south um isaac and i are from tennessee um i currently still live in tennessee okay holly i'm not really sure where she's from (laughs) so i'm not gonna like say that and get it wrong um but both holly and isaac currently live in las vegas nevada so we uh, do the show over the internet and it's super (laughs) fun but it's primarily geared toward millennials and zoomers uh we do have some gen xers and like a very very faint amount of uh boomers that Mm -hmm. listen to us 
probably not for long though but um <laughs> we just like i mean we love politics obviously i love it it's my career isaac loves it he has aspirations of uh running for office one day um, nice. holly loves it too like every, politics is just in every aspect of your life um so we thought that you know let's put our thoughts about it on the air and see if people like it um and like we just think the country has you know been controlled far too long by conservatives and moderates yeah. and that progressives really never had like up until recently at least like a voice and now like progressive people are finding that voice and you know we want to be part of that that speech and help move it along yeah yeah i and i like framing it in the the generational way a bit because um uh like I, you know, I was sort of struck by the the beginning of your show is always that that sort of montage of you guys are, are <laughs> reading off the facts about like, you know, uh, the average representative is 23 years older than their constituents. So yeah. like all of that stuff that's that's uh, uh, yeah, somehow we don't think about it that much because it's so normalized that all of our mm. fucking leaders are like 80 years old. Yeah. But like, yeah, that is really wild because there's so many of us. There's so many people under, you know, 40, under 50. Yeah. And they, you know, they don't get active. And that's like, that's a big mission of the show is to engage those people and activate them and get them involved in their local politics their state politics their the federal politics because i mean it's all important and like who wants to be represented by somebody who's like 80 years right like <laughs> out of touch from you yeah yeah which is they, such they don't a, know your like, struggles <laughs> yeah exactly i mean even like you know bernie's probably like the absolute best we could hope from an 80 year old but still it's like yeah i'd much rather have a 40 year old bernie you know like, yeah definitely <laughs> Uh, uh, and I mean, you know, those are hard to find. Um, some of them, you know, come around. Barack Obama, like, yeah. was a good example. Some of them lose their way, obviously, too. <laughs> Barack Obama is a good example. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you, you take them when you can get them, and like, they're like unicorns. Right. Literally. Yeah. I, well, you know, I think the thing about Obama that's interesting is I think, uh, for, you know, for better or worse, and whether it's because he leaned left or because he leaned too far right, I think he pushed people to the left. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we talk, people talk a lot about pushing our leaders to the left, which I, I still don't really know what that means, but I think like pushing voters to the left is probably yeah. like more important and more possible um, because that seems to have happened under, you know, under Trump too, because people are, are radicalizing from from mm -hmm. all the shit that's happening but um yeah i i think uh you know i i saw it pointed out recently that like yeah all, all this stuff like bernie ran in 2016 that was after eight years of obama that was yeah. you know when people started going that way what what um wh where are you guys coming from politically because i know like yeah, obviously you worked for Bernie and like now, like you guys seem to be mostly lefty leaning, but uh, <laughs> what's sort of been like the, the journey on that? Um, yeah. So um, I'm not going to speak to like their, you know, formative years. Uh, you know, that's like a sacred thing to some people. Uh -huh. um, so I know that like Isaac is a pretty lefty one. Um, Holly, I think is 
probably and she might kill me like <laughs> if i say this and i might get it wrong um might be a little bit of the more liberal one okay and i'm probably like in between them um i mean like i would you know say that i'm a socialist i'm mm -hmm. definitely a socialist but like um isaac would probably be a bit further to the left <laughs> than me um and holly's a bit further to the right of me sorry yeah. holly <laughs> uh, uh but I've never been like a Republican, like so. Right. Um, I came yeah. from a Republican family, but grew. Okay. Way, yeah, well, yeah, I imagine fast. so. <laughs> in Tennessee, um, yeah. yeah, that it's, uh, so, yeah. I guess my question is like, uh, you never were Republican, but how, like, how far did you come to like being a socialist? Like, where, where did you start? I mean, I would always me personally i have always kind of been like i guess altruist is probably the best word right. to frame that like just i've always been nice always believe people like deserve a fair shot and a fair share yeah and like you know it's just basic stuff like that and when you like do the self-examination like where do you fall on the spectrum you're like oh wow i'm like looks like i'm a socialist yeah yeah <laughs> so it's, it's not like you had to like travel or at least me had to like travel there it's like yeah. was just you know it's natural to be like that just why can't people be like that yeah yeah that's a that's a good point i i feel the same way like um i in some ways i feel like i've i've moved but also yeah i i think i was always like trying to find my way to this where it's like yeah yeah i'd say my socialist or like uh you know I, okay i feel like there's like uh you know like hillary clinton with the like public and private uh yeah. position <laughs> i sort of feel like um i i'm maybe at different points on the spectrum depending on who i'm talking to yeah so like <laughs> with like uh like liberals you know like my family like fucking just like middle of the road democrats i'm like a leftist or like maybe mm -hmm. socialist leaning so i can sort of talk to them from that point and be like okay here's how you know we, we could take it a step further in this way or whatever um and then like but in terms of like what's a you know what's the ideal for me i think i'm like a like a, an anarchist <laughs> and then yeah. when i'm i don't i mean i don't know anything about that so like you know yeah, I've I've been getting deep in the weeds on this shit because like uh I I had a friend who sort of went down the like alt-right rabbit hole recently. Yeah. And um well, I think it's been happening for a few years, but I I realized in a conversation recently how bad how bad it had gotten. Yeah. And I sort of just went on this mission to like learn more about all of this because um I felt like, all right, this guy's going off about like Marxism and shit. And I, I, I don't think he knows. And I don't think I know really like what any of this means. Yeah. <laughs> like people are so worried about all these, these fucking words. And, uh, you know, it's the thing where like Republicans equate Marxism, socialism, communism, fascism. They just all mean the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, these are all very different uh very different ideas and um yeah so you know i've been looking into uh 
just leftist ideology recently and and I think you know socialism is uh uh where I usually fall but it's it's socialism still very like market based like mm-hmm. uh thing and then you know if you go down the road to like um if you once you hit communism it's like well wait but what about all the like yeah. terrible things i've been told about communism and it's like well yeah because that's the like leninist like stalinist yeah. you know side of that which which kind of took over and it's like yeah well if you do it that way um and i think the uh, the anarchist theory is more like well if we if you gradually break down like uh uh um power structures that are are um immoral then mm-hmm. you get to this point where you have like a cooperative society um so yeah it it's it's uh it's all very heady and it's all very up its own ass and i think at a certain <laughs> point it's like well let's just like try to make good things happen um but yeah, yeah it, it's like I, I think you got to have like the the sort of ideal position, and then the like, what do we do? What do we do tomorrow? And then mm-hmm. like, what do we want to happen in ten years? Um, I think that's that's a good way to go. And I think that I I do think that like socialism is a great term to start from mm-hmm. to be like because it's like you're saying it's like turning just altruism into. An, an ideology yeah um so yeah and like i think like i think there is a basic you know in my philosophy like a basic necessity for some kind of form of structured government obviously like it can go awry you know depending on like who's in power but like i think there is an inherent necessity for it in my opinion mm. and i think like in my formative years, like now that I was like rethinking your question, like how did I get to where I got, like I tell everybody that, you know, the reason I'm interested in politics ever got into it and history at that, you know, I went to college for political science and I'm a history minor, um, was from video games. Okay. (laughs) So I would like always play all these different like strategy games where you would run like, you know, like, governments kingdoms all that stuff and i would always find myself like you know controlling the market to where it benefited like the people instead of just like you know just taking the wealth and extracting it from them like just inherently always giving back to the community and my you know my simulated little country always flourished they were always like highly educated and just well-fed well housed (laughs) yeah and i guess that's how it landed here (laughs) yeah yeah and there's definitely something we said for like like computer models when it comes to you know planning these sorts of things out yeah um yeah yeah i think uh um it's it's definitely uh probably worth having some kind of centralized uh you know meth like method of of managing the whole thing right um, but yeah i you know i something i've gotten really interested in lately is uh, uh this idea of worker co-ops um rather than mm-hmm. this sort of ceo model um where it's like you know 
well, even even if you have a CEO, it's like, well, if you have like this collectively owned thing and it's like, all right, maybe even we have a CEO and he makes a little more money, but like <laughs> you just have people like you have, you have the workers involved in this decision-making process. Yeah. I've been so frustrated lately at work of uh, with the like, just not being involved at all in, in the decisions that get made. Um, but uh, yeah. how So how's it been with, um, you know, this, this work that you're doing with, with the pandemic going on? Uh, absolutely insane. <laughs> like, you know, it's already hard enough to campaign as it is because people, you know, there are those people that like to talk politics. There are those, a lot of people that are just like, fuck off. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> And now that you have a pandemic where you could like spread a contagion, people are now like, you know, get away from me, stay away from me, don't want to talk to you. So it's like completely upended the entire thing. Um, most everything has gone like virtual, which has been like a learning curve for literally, I think, everybody in the political arena, just like trying to compensate for that. It's like right. mind blowing. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's interesting. It's fun. Like, I like a challenge, but Lord. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, like, uh, obviously, like, campaigns also run off of, like, money. Right. Obviously, especially in this country, which is one thing that I will say about D.C. is interesting. That's one reason why I wanted to come here was because this year is the first year they are doing a public financing system. Oh, really? So, yeah. Um, so if you're a DC resident and you give to a campaign, the city matches it five to one, like wow. up to, up to a hundred dollars or something. So it's interesting. And like, that's fantastic. But typically campaigns are run by money, hard earned money. And when people are out of work and, you know, worried about their bills, yeah. it's just even harder to do that. Right. Yeah. How do you get people to? <laughs> yeah. To pay it's already hard enough to try to convince them like, yeah. hey, give me money. You don't know me. Like... <laughs> yeah. I, w I wonder if you know about this. I because I keep seeing like, uh, I don't know if it's uh, whether it's like Amy McGrath's campaign or like all these different things where I get emails and it's like, uh, we'll match your donation 500 percent or something. I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know how that works, honestly. Yeah. Like, I I see those and I'm, like, confused. I think that's, like, some kind of donor or something or it's, like, in, like, you know, working with a pack or something. Right. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that. But I know, like, they send out some really desperate-ass emails. Yeah. Like, asking for stuff. Yeah, it's so funny. It's like, you know, Elizabeth Warren, like, can't get by without my $3. <laughs> Yeah, like sometimes it's kind of just like sad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's so funny. Um, so, um, what was I? What was I saying? Yeah. It. So when it comes to like, um, what what you want like voters to know and what you want like listeners to take from, uh, from your show. Cause I think I've definitely noticed with you guys and that, you know, that's why I, I, I was interested to know where you were coming from and, and like ideologically where you work. Cause like, I've definitely noticed listening to a bunch of your episodes that like you guys will, will like 
on on one episode, you know, have a lot of nice things to say about like some of the Democrats, and then other times you're like, I I don't know if if voting's even going to do anything. <laughs> and then you're like, I what do we do? Do we burn it all down? Like, so I'm I'm curious um, where you're at on on like the uh, uh, efficacy of of voting in itself, and like you know what else should people be doing? That's like kind of what I I try to get out on my show like what else can we do yeah um where you at on that so i think a lot of that really has to do with you know how much like liquor <laughs> we we've had while we're uh recording um like me personally i believe like voting fundamental right everybody should do it yeah. everybody should be allowed to um i think it's good but it's not the end all be all and i do right. think that's like we we all agree on that um and like i think we all just kind of find it frustrating that a lot of people liberals especially think like all the problems are just magically going to go away when bad man is like voted out of the white house right so like no <laughs> um but like obviously like you just have to keep being proactive and being like active apply the pressure you know go protest make these people's lives a living hell right like they they work for you and if they don't work for you don't hire them i mean it's like any any fucking business you do bad at your job right. you're gone yeah um, um but i mean that's that's one reason why like like i really like senator sanders because he like he understood the bully pulpit and like right. obviously you know that was one thing people were like oh he's never gonna get this stuff passed <laughs> Well, like, like as president, you can apply that pressure. You yeah. can motivate the population to reach out to your representatives and do stuff. And he does that even now. Right. Very good at it. So like stuff like that. Right. You know, write letters, make phone calls, <laughs> just make their lives a living hell. That's yeah. Like, yeah. That's, no purpose. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. And I, I that that's something that that I, I really want people to learn is that like, no, like a president himself can't do everything but like you gotta realize that a lot of these presidents haven't tried because yeah. they have priorities and that's that's fine you know that's to be expected but like you can kind of tell them what <laughs> what you need their priorities to be um yeah i do, do you remember when um uh i guess it was when the rnc was going on because uh like Rand Paul got like mobbed by protesters. Yeah. Which is hilarious. Prime example, yeah. prime example right there. <laughs> right. Do stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that was, that was a time where like, it bothered me a little bit because like, I felt like they, like any other time, <laughs> whether it was him or anyone else, I would have been like, you got it. But they, they were like trying to get him to, to like, acknowledge Breonna Taylor's death or something. And it mm -hmm. was like, guys, like this is the one Republican who like tried to get a bill passed to ban no knock warrants because of that. You know, like it was like, yeah. you got, you got Rand Paul one of the, the like two times a year, he'd get something right. <laughs> like <laughs> you were so close. Um, but yeah, when there's like, when people are up in arms about that and it's like, Oh, like you harassed him. Like, uh, I'm like, no, like, no, you should harass them. Like, I don't yeah. want any politician to feel safe anywhere. <laughs> right. I mean, like, yeah, don't like, you know, make death threats and shit to them. But 
like put the pressure on them like put the pressure on them yeah. any way you feel necessary as long as it's safe and legal yeah <laughs> big disclaimer there yes <laughs> um yeah um so when did you guys uh start your show up it was pretty recently right oh what is god it's october <laughs> yeah. i think we did it like mid-August, late August, I think. It was right after I uh, got off of three races. I, I worked three oh, races really? at the same time. So I was like, I can't do this oh right God. now, but no, after, maybe. Yeah. Um, We're on, I think, our 10th episode just came out today. I think, nice. if I'm keeping count right. Um, So, yeah, like, actually, like, a few weeks ago, really. It's it's a fairly fresh show. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's so weird, because just obviously the the, t- the timeline these days is so insane yeah it, and it's been packed with a lot of content to talk oh, about yeah. like Jesus in such Christ. a short time yeah it's really it's really wild um but uh yeah what so what um what kind of like podcast uh influences have have you guys had um so Again, I can't really speak for Isaac or uh, Holly, but to be honest, I literally had never listened to a podcast really? before I started <laughs> ours. <laughs> so I can't even answer that question. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. That's all right. That's that's uh, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I um, like I didn't even know where a podcast like where I could actually go and listen to the podcast. Right. Like I had to ask Isaac, like, where can I listen to this at? <laughs> like. I'm, I'm I'm that bad of a millennial, like yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's funny. I I forget sometimes because like I have been in the comedy world forever, so like I I've been aware of podcasts since mm-hmm. they've existed. Um, but yeah, there's still you know normal people who <laughs> it's not yeah. not quite on their radar. Um, yeah. but uh, yeah, I I. Uh, yeah, I, I listened to like you know the early days of Mark Marin and and mm-hmm. uh, you know all the all those comedy podcasts. Um, but yeah, what what kind of um, how about other like political uh, you know media people you guys are into or you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're not here with me. Um, I'm sure they would have a lot to say, but like I you know just my circle like of people i work with and friends like i kind of stay in the lane of the like mainstream media so like cnn and msnbc Mm. uh like cbc bbc like (laughs) any of those um but like alternative though uh like the young turks um obviously like i'll tune into them every now and then um the hills rising uh which i cannot for the love of me uh remember their name used to watch them a lot when i was in south carolina on bernie's campaign yeah was that uh crystal ball and uh, yes what's his um, name Sagar. Sagar. Sagar yeah. is his name uh so those are really the only ones that i really watch uh, okay. but like i just i read like most of my news i don't like yeah like watch it but you know, there's just so much news coming out. It's really hard to keep up anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, you know, there there are a couple of people on like MSNBC and stuff who uh I you know, can't find too much to to hate about. <laughs> like yeah. like a lot of the like for the most part I, you know, anytime I see something from one of those networks I'm it just frustrates me, but like um I think like Ali Velshi um is pretty good. Chris Hayes is surprisingly good. Yeah, he has um, his days. Yeah. <laughs> he, he does. I'll, I'll give him that credit. Yeah, he's he's surprised. I feel like he might be the one who kind of like pushes the line as far as you can mm. on you know like working for one of those networks. Um like I don't know, Rachel Maddow pisses me off. Like <laughs> yeah. uh yeah, she she's I don't know. I can't even get into it. But uh <laughs> um yeah. So what um So we talked a little bit about it, but like what uh what else do you do you want people to to know? <laughs> want them to do? <laughs> Well, like one of our obvious, like one of our biggest topics, if anybody just like listens to it, is like third parties voting in general. Um, know your registration dates. Yeah. Uh, know the date to vote, early voting dates. You can go to vote.gov to look up like all of that. <clears throat> so definitely do it. Um, but like one big thing that I like to focus on is like there are other choices. Um, right. <laughs> like Libertarian Party, which I'm not like super jazzed about has access on all all the ballots green party has access on most of the ballots like there's choices you don't right. have to vote for democrats or republicans right yeah yeah that's something that i think um i definitely understand the argument of like you know it's going to be one of these two like you know you might as well try to get it to be the you know the better one but like mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I really feel like there's been so much, uh, vitriol about, you know, third party candidates and people who vote for them when it's like, I, I, I don't think it has the impact that people are imagining it does. Would you agree? Yeah. It's like, I agree. I totally agree. And like, I told my friend, uh, I think it was yesterday, actually, she was like, we, we, you know, you, you have these two choices it's just them you can't vote third party and i'm like why do people spend all this energy <laughs> bitching moaning and complaining about people who actually get out and vote right they exercise their constitutional duty but they don't take that same energy and apply it to the people who literally can vote just don't yeah <laughs> like there's your issue right yeah, I, I think it's it's a failure of the candidates if you <laughs> if people aren't voting for them. Yeah, and I mean, I would go as far to say this is just a failure of the country because, like, if you look right. at others, I think like Australia will fine you if you don't. Kind of a yeah. small fine. It's not like yeah. exorbitant, but it's a motivator. Like, get out and vote. Yeah, um, yeah, and okay, so that's something that. I came across in, uh, you know, trying to learn like what, uh, 
what we've sort of been lied to about, you know, other countries. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, di- I did not know until this year that Cuba has elections. <laughs> Learn something new every day. I don't know that. Right? Um, granted, now, uh, Secretary of the Communist Party, Fidel Castro won 50 years in a row. So that's yeah. maybe not the, the most, like fair election but um they do they have a parliamentary system and they have like municipal uh uh positions and it's um i don't think it's mandatory voting but it's like like very encouraged and and Mm -hmm. it's an automatic like you just when you're 16 i think you could you can just vote there's no like fill out the fucking form and (laughs) you know they find your name in the book like you just you go and vote um, and they have like the poll watchers are like elementary school kids. It's like, they have like the entire population involved mm-hmm. in it. So it's like, okay, you know, granted you have this like one party thing that's kind of weird and, 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 um, you know, insular, but you have, they, they have this, this whole like vibrant thing where everybody's involved in, yeah. uh, in the whole process and for all of our, you know, uh, uh, bragging about freedom, we just don't do it. <laughs> and democracy, like, like how we're like one of the least votingest countries in the world. Like, we're not the beacon of democracy of of that like standard. Like, we're it's awful. It's, it's right. just awful. And the fact that like we don't actually register people like when they turn eighteen. Like I saw online on Twitter or something like people from other countries. They're like, y'all don't do that. Like, right. What? Like <laughs> we don't even have, and they're like, I'm from like Norway. We don't even have to sign anything. We just turn 18 and can go vote. Right. <laughs> why can't we do that? I know why like, people don't want that. Right. Yeah. It's so crazy. I, um, I'm sorry. What did you say? You, you said you studied politics and, and was a history or history. Okay. Uh, Majored in political science and minored in history. Okay, so yeah, I'm interested in your perspective on this. Uh, why why do you think that the sort of stranglehold of like uh, just corporations, big money, power, just the 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 way that like we never quite had like the like labor movements and labor parties and and you know evening out of of the sort of uh, uh, capitalist system that mm-hmm. many other Western countries have had. What do you think it is that that kind of st- stopped that from happening here? Um, greed. Yeah, <laughs> definitely greed. Um, selfishness, ambition. Like I think with our the system that we have that allows for like all those influence to permeate and like infiltrate our political system, that like our elected officials just they get tainted by like like this just like avarice and like they they get that taste that they um like of luxury and power and they don't want to get rid of that it's like like we don't want you know politicians to be celebrities and stuff but everybody wants to be a celebrity just like they love that (laughs) lifestyle who wouldn't you're rich big mansion you have access and like they kind of get treated that way and i feel like 
obviously they're not going to vote to or like support any kind of initiative to change that. It's like who would. Right. So, yeah. Do you, do you think that's like just inherent in like the American mindset? Cause if I think back to like, yeah, (laughs) absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's, that's probably what I would say too. I, I, um, cause yeah, when I think back to like, um, you know, the new deal era, when mm-hmm. we were, you know, we had some of those those uh, reforms and stuff, but around the same time, other countries were like doing universal health care and all this other stuff. Yeah. Do you think there that this like so ce- like celebrity factor was was there at the time or was it more just this this ingrained like greed? Individualism, I think, is probably right. like the, you know, the solid key word that I didn't mention, but like is a big factor. It's just individualism like that's what america was founded on um me 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 i i i so like selfishness like whereas like you look at other countries they're very collectivist right they like they it's, it's just their society from like their culture thousands of years ago was just always very care about your neighbor and your friend love them like a brother type thing Whereas, like, America's like, I'm going to do my own thing, make my own way, like, fuck everybody else. Uh, right. I got mine. Like, <laughs> go get yours, and I'm not going to help you. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I, that's like a toxic thing that has got us to where we are. Yeah. Yeah. It's such an important point because, you know, we're we, like this conversation we had before about, uh, about um, uh, ideology and, you know, uh, moving down the, the leftist spectrum and everything. But it's like, yeah, I think you can be collectivist and somewhat capital. You know, like I, yeah, I, 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 we we talk about them as as like examples of democratic socialism or whatever. But like Norway, Sweden, Denmark, like those are capitalist countries. Germany, at the, Germany, biggest economic power in like what Central Europe. Yeah, huge. Yeah. <laughs> um, right, and it's even if like. Uh, maybe those countries would benefit from moving even more towards like a, a socialist thing that you and yeah. I would be happier with. But like, it's still, it's like, you can still change the mindset without like scrapping the whole, <laughs> the whole system. Yeah. But we've just been made to believe that's not, that's not possible here. Definitely. And obviously education plays a factor into that. You know, yeah. like U S education systems, extremely like whitewashed, both like, you know, ethnically whitewashed and just historically whitewashed so lots of problems compounding here um i'm about to the point where i just think it's all fucking irreversible (laughs) (laughs) there's just like nothing that we're gonna have to do yeah yeah i mean that's i i have a weird like dark optimism where it's like well okay even if the whole thing collapses like that just means like something else is going to happen, you know, like yeah. <laughs> there's, it's, uh, we we're very myopic in the, in the, like, you know, it's the fall of whatever. And it's like, okay. Like things do rise and fall and yeah, it's painful in a lot of ways. But, yeah. uh, it, it's funny. Like, cause I, I saw, a uh, obviously Trump tweet something. He said, yeah. <laughs> like if Biden gets elected and I think he was talking about healthcare, it's going to turn, um, America into a ninth world country, not a third world country. And I was like, at least he's honest that the U S is a third world country. Right. Like, <laughs> it's so fun. Oh, he, he's like so unhinged right now. It's so oh, yeah. funny. 
just <laughs> like it's it's great because like I'm not the first person to make this point, but like it's very uh like it's very relatable. Like if you've ever been <laughs> been like just the like, drunk tweeting or like yeah. you know <laughs> if you're like in a post breakup high or something like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where you're just going off and that's what he's doing right now. It's so crazy. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, uh, it's funny too. Cause, cause uh, I think because of this kind of cultural, like mindset difference in the U S like we do come around on a lot on like most things or a lot of things, some things, but like, it takes a little longer than other countries. Mm-hmm. Whereas like we, we pat ourselves on the back so much about like different social progress and stuff that's been made here. And it's like, there were at least a couple of countries that banned slavery first. Yeah. There were at least a couple of countries that, you know, uh, you know, didn't have Jim Crow law, you know, right. <laughs> you're a few decades behind, but good job. Like, yeah, um, it's insane. But again, like that's, that's like, americans like selfishness self-centered like oh we're, we're we're great we're the greatest country in the world and it's like look at this amazing thing we've done everybody's like thank you for finally you know catching up <laughs> right <laughs> welcome to the party yeah we'll get there on on climate change <laughs> like, yo guys have you seen this this is bad <laughs> like yeah. germany's like yeah yeah we've got you want you want some windmills <laughs> like <laughs> it's fucking insane um what is okay well you're in dc how what is dc like right now um you know it's a lot emptier than i thought obviously like COVID yeah. and everything it, it's pretty empty than you know what people are probably used to um, yeah i so i flew in on my airplane i was very like freaked out about that flew mm. southwest very good airplane to fly during a pandemic because okay. they leave the middle uh, seat empty so you don't actually have to sit like right next to somebody oh, okay. luckily for me i had an entire row yeah to myself nice. so that was great uh, but i took the train into the city and it was like completely empty ghost wow. train for me <laughs> um and i've i've been commuting around the city taking the metro and it's basically dead so like <laughs> um it's good for me but like it's kind of a ghost town yeah that's really weird. But it's it's gorgeous though. It, it's my first time in DC, but Oh really? It, yeah, it's it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, my my wife loved um you know, she lived I forget when when this was. I think it was when she uh interned with her congressman that she lived there for a bit and yeah. It's uh it's a cool city. Yeah. Um yeah, we <laughs> when we were talking about where to live um Cause I met, I met her when, uh, I lived in Philly and, um, you know, she was from New Jersey right outside of it, Philly. And, uh, she convinced me to move here to Boston. Um, and the only other possibility for her was DC. And I was like, okay, you know, I think those are the, the two other cities I could, I could see living in. Um, there, they're they're nice you just get things mm-hmm. you don't get in 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 a, any you know in every other city yeah it, and it's like dc i was telling my fiance this like the second day i was here because i actually got to you know go around to different neighborhoods and stuff um it it just feels like a mixture of like 
southern because clearly geographically like mm -hmm. it is in the south um but like also a mixture of like new york like style of architecture like a right. little bit of chicago thrown in there it's like all these different like cities and areas of the country kind of combined and then obviously you have the like big ass you know capitol building and all the all that like type of architecture huge colossal stuff but like, it, it's a very interesting city yeah and really nice really pretty really clean do you think do you think they're gonna get statehood especially with just how the demographics in the country are changing um it's re really it's just the republican senate that's holding it up because they don't want like two more senators added which it would obviously be democratic senators added to the senate same thing for puerto rico yeah like, they don't want those right. um <laughs> they don't want these territories to get statehood because of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's something that, you know, again, like as much as policy wise, I, I, uh, have plenty of issues with the Democrats. Like, I do think it would be good. I think it'd be a step in the right direction if they like got a little bold and, and <laughs> did some of these power grabs. No, I like, I think that's one of the things that I consistently bring up is that the Democrats kind of like they, uh, lack, the stones, I guess, is a good way to put it, to like just grab the issues like Republicans do and fight for them. Like Republicans yeah. suck, but they're really good legislators because they they know what they want and they go out and get it. Right. And like they deliver it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're ter they're terrible, but it's like that's that's how power works. And yeah. you know, as much as I do, I do value sort of the a lot of the um the systemic like uh, uh procedures and and stuff that we have i think it it does a lot to to prevent um a lot more political chaos that could happen but it's like yeah, yeah but but you still should like game the system as much as you can because that's what your yeah. opponents are going to do and you're not going to out like polite them into <laughs> oh my god yes like you can't just like appeal keep trying to appeal to this decency that right you know i think qualifies you not to be a republican you just don't have decency like that's a qualification they look for like you want right. to be a republican legislator do you have decency no great right. you're on right. <laughs> yeah um, yeah. So how much do you think it's like, uh, is it a matter of Democrats, um, just kind of being a little, being like feckless or do they just not really want what, what they purport to want? Like, I would say it's probably both. Yeah. Like a mixture. Um, yeah. they, they can be feckless. Um, not all of them, obviously, but I think that, again, you know, there's a lot of things that both parties like, a lot of things that both type of, like, Democrat-Republican people like, and they don't want that to go away. And so, they're, like, they don't fight for, you know, what their constituents want. Even though they put up the act, they say they're fighting for it, but they right. know it's just it's not going to go through. Especially yeah. when you have like Democrats like fucking Joe Manchin, like no. right, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, which is which is so so frustrating, um, and I think uh, that that's a a point of contention where I think that there's a, there's a lot of um, just 
people talking past each other where um, I think so, sort of like establishment Democrats will say like, well, you, you can't win the Senate in West Virginia being like a Bernie Democrat. You can't be like a Democratic Socialist. Um, and then, you know, the I, I feel like the Bernie people, like the lefties, some sometimes like don't get that like, yeah, you have to think a little bit differently in in West Virginia than in New York. Um, but I do I do believe that like I, I, I don't think that just rural white people are completely out of reach for the left. No. So yeah, you you'd agree like, with that. I, I, I do. I, I agree with you on that. I mean, look at like, granted, none of these women like I'm about to name have actually like won their seat yet. Paula Jean Swearingen, I think is her name. Yeah. And I think she's in West Virginia. Um, you know, she's a pretty left liberal person. Um, liberal is probably not a good word to use, but she's like left of liberal. Um, and then like Tennessee, you know, for example, like one of the candidates that I helped, her name was Marquita Bradshaw. I did very little like Yo, work yeah. for her. She just reached out to me to um, help her like pull some data to target voters leading up to the primary in August. Nobody anticipated this woman to win at all. Nobody anticipated her to come in like the top three um, out of five people, especially right. running against a white male moderate former helicopter pilot, uh, veteran, lawyer, check all the boxes they want that they think they, that could win in a place like a red state. Right. <laughs> and he came in third and she came in first. Now, like, yeah, they'll point, oh, well, that's the Democratic primary. Like, right. she just won the Democratic primary. Now she's going to have to, like, go to the general. But that's never happened. Right. Because she pulled out white people too, but like she pulled out a base of voters who, you know, never have been motivated to get out and like vote. And, you know, I think they're there. They're there in those states, as well as us white people who can be reached, those, you know, people farming, small town folks. Like, and she spoke to them and she won. Yeah. We'll have to see how it works out in November. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, because I think it, it in those states, you know, and, you know, I, Paula Jean, too, uh, won her primary, right? Like, she's yeah. the, the candidate. Um, and it's like, well, yeah, but I, I think any Democrat is going to have an uphill battle against a Republican, probably. Right. And especially when it comes to the Senate, you know, like, I don't know, different different counties with, with how stuff might be different. But, like... Yeah. Um, yeah, when it comes to the Senate, like, sure. Like, I think, you know, last I checked, both of them might have been, like, 30 points behind their Republican challengers. It's like, well, yeah, of course. But that's just, a, you know, that's a that's a, a longer game. Um, yeah. But, yeah, the, this sort of argument that, like, oh, like, you're you're turning off these, these rural white people with fucking identity politics or whatever. It's like, all right, I, maybe some of them, but, like, I also think that, like, if you w were meeting their needs, too, I don't think they would 
give a shit about like trans people. Like <laughs> I think they'd yeah. be like, okay, cool, yeah, do that. I just want to like. I don't want my farm to go under. I don't want yeah, to fucking. Yeah, like you know. I don't want to have to drive like a fucking hour to go to the hospital. Like, yeah, that's a that's a hot topic in Tennessee. Like some rural areas don't have like hospital access. They have to drive like an hour and a half for an emergency. It's ridiculous. But like right. the big issue on that is you know when those people win in the state, the party infrastructure, the party power, players, everything, they get that mindset oh they're not gonna win why would we put resources to that right. so let's so go don't. give you know 40 fucking million dollars to amy mcgrath to get right. her ass beat by mcconnell <laughs> like what yeah and that's like a prevalent issue is that the democrat they don't back their people yeah they don't and if they did if they would pour like some resources into these states they wouldn't be so red. Like, right. It is just common sense. Fight for it. Do something. <laughs> yeah. People are yeah. dying. Right. Right. Yeah. It's all you have to do is be like, hey, we're going to help you. <laughs> like, yeah. we're going to be the ones who do something instead of nothing. Um, but yeah, and, you know, and I, I don't uh, I don't want to be class reductionist, but like, because, yeah, there, there's this strain of, of leftist who will be like, well, you know, you just have to take care of, of health care in this and, and you know, whatever else economic thing that's like then everything else will fall into place. It's like, no, it won't fall into place. But I do think that it's it's probably harder to galvanize people against some like uh, identity politics boogeyman when, again, their needs are met. It's like right. you take care of people and then it's like, well, now uh, how how is some Republican going to like scapegoat a group when there's nothing to scapegoat about? Mm -hmm. And, and that, I mean, that is a good point. And you can tie it into like what we were discussing a little bit earlier about like that American selfishness and like me, me, meet these, be selfish, be a little bit selfish with these policies. Like, right. And that's how, like, honestly, if I was running, I would be like, you know, why wouldn't you want this? You're going to be better off. Like, you're going to have more money. You're going to be able to do this. You're going to be able to do that. Like if you talk to them and kind of appeal to their selfishness, I feel like that might be like a winning route. Right. Well, yeah, that's, that's, that's true. I mean, I think, uh, yeah, you get, you've got to like talk to people on, on their needs. It's, it's nice to talk in, in like big flowery, flowery language about like, (laughs) you know, values and shit, but like, that only goes so far. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not a motivator. Yeah. And then like people just go glossy eyed and they're like <laughs> over this. Yeah. I'm trying to remember this guy's name. Um, uh, Anand is his first name, I think. And Giranaranadas or something. He's, I think he's like an MSNBC guy or something. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Gray hair. Yeah. He's got gray hair or something. Um, yeah. He's, he's like a, a big, like, uh, like an economic policy like advocate guy um i don't think he endorsed in in the primaries but like he mm-hmm. would be like a bernie warren leaning person um and he he said something in an interview um where someone asked him about like you know the primary candidates and like who's getting it right and whatever and he was like well 
you know, I think he mentioned Bernie and Warren and it's like, yeah, I think they they both get it right. They're both like their policies. Good. I like them. They're fine. Um, but what I want to see more of is like make like a personal argument about this. Mm-hmm. Don't just give us like the the Congressional Budget Office numbers. Just, to, yep. you know, like talk about how much more fun life would be if you didn't have to worry about health care, if you didn't have to worry about. Uh, your, you know, your, your, uh, your rent and shit. Um, and that's, that's such a good point. We need to make moral arguments and we need to make just personal arguments too. Yeah. And that's, that's one thing that I tell like the candidates I work with, they're like, Oh my God, like I need to have the information to back this up. Like, yeah, sure. You know, give them the cliff note stuff, like cite, cite it, but nobody wants to hear you like rattle off equations and like, (laughs) all math and all this shit like they're being lectured nobody wants that they they get bored and then they forget what the hell you said yeah it's like bernie in the in 2016 with the like like top the top 10 percent of the top one percent of the it's like dude like you lost some people there lots of numbers lots of numbers um so i'm uh curious on any other thoughts you have about about activism, you know, we talked a bit about pressuring uh, politicians. Um, I, obviously, we, we've seen a lot of uh, a lot of protests, a lot of uh, uh, violent upheaval. What's uh, what are your thoughts on on what is happening? What what could be happening? Um, I mean, it's definitely historic. Um, I think like this is pent up energy, you know, kind of just rage that has been suppressed by um, a power that was like, look, like, you know, we understand you're hurting right now, but no, we'll get to it another day. And you like the can has just been kicked down the road. uh, Fuck like decades at this point, nothing has been like, done to you know improve any situations or circumstances of people's lives and they're just fucking tired of it at this point and i think it's been well overdue um and i think it's totally necessary and i hope that you know people keep this energy up like i the one thing that i hope is that people aren't like conflating this with you know the trump years that like (laughs) It's just going to fizzle out and go away after that. Like, no, like these people who have, you know, had a hand in a lot of these issues are still here and are still getting higher positions. Joe Biden, like, look at that. Like, he, he's <laughs> right. ha- had a big hand in a lot of these issues of yeah. like recent protests. And like, he's getting rewarded with a higher position. Yeah. Um, that shit's not going to go away. And don't just think because he's blue and he's got a D next to his name that like everything's going to be hunky dory and like you can move on. Right. You know, it's not. Yeah. And so yeah, it's it's very necessary, and I like to see it. Like I participate in some here and there when I can. I'm also like a pansy, so like, <laughs> I, I don't like getting in conflicts. I'm like yeah. super afraid of that. Yeah, I think it's. Uh... You know, a few of the the activists I've talked to on this show have have told me, like, yeah, every everyone has their role, and it's it's nothing to feel bad about if if mm-hmm. you know one thing isn't your thing because it is. It's like there's a pandemic going on, 
um, you know, I've wanted to go out to more stuff and, and my wife is like, you have asthma, like you really need to not get COVID like, (laughs) um, and it's like, yeah, you, you know, uh, it's, it's, uh, the vi- visually it's like the most exciting thing happening. It's yeah. like, Oh, they're like really out there, like fighting the revolution. And it's like, yeah, but like, that doesn't mean it's the only, only way to do it. Um, right. And I, and I find solace, I guess, really like when people, cause you know, I see a lot of people who go out and do stuff more than me. And, you know, I've had people come up to me like, why aren't you here? Is it because of X, Y, and Z? And I'm like, no, like when I live with somebody who, you know, also has asthma, hmm. You know, I'm not just like telling people that it's not important. <laughs> right. Um, but like, I find solace in the fact, like my work, what I do, like I have very high standards of people that I work with. I always look for progressives who have, you know, policies that match my standards. Yeah. And I work to get them elected. You know, I fail sometimes, but you know, that's, that's what I'm trying to do. That's my way of trying to help, <laughs> sorry, trying to help um, this country and this world and people little bit indirectly less directly than you know like taking to the streets and protesting right but i also have a fear of like you know i don't if something happens i have like bad luck so i don't want to like find myself in a situation where i get tear gassed or something like yeah. shot in the leg with a rubber bullet like anything can happen especially in fucking tennessee <laughs> yeah yeah well that's, that's another thing too is i think a lot of the the people who's who are sort of leading um, that front are they, they say like if if you are not sure about how you would handle this like don't be here because you might just you know um, you might just be creating more work for the medics and you yeah. know like, you just it's like yeah it's it's uh, uh, there, there's something for all of us to be doing and I think yeah if it was just like people in the street and we didn't have people working on the electoral side. Uh, you know, it's still an incomplete puzzle then. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, what was it? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, again, the, the like, Black Lives Matter started under Obama, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, I, wor- I worry about it, too, because I, I you know, <laughs> we've seen the, like, uh, if Hillary was president, I'd be at brunch right now signs and shit. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it's very frustrating. But it's like, um, at the same time, yeah, it's not like there was some massive, you know, uh, leftist movement under Bush that went quiet when Obama took office. It was just kind of like there was a little bit, but it just just kind of was dormant for a long time until maybe, you know, 2012, 2013. Um, And I think it would be hard to, to lose that momentum now, even if a few people peel off. Right. I hope, you know, <laughs> it's America. Anything can happen. <laughs> like, I hope. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, but yeah, so, so yeah, I think um, the, uh, the, the takeaway here for listeners is just, just keep, keep at it. Keep yep. it up. Keep doing all of it. Um, and uh, yeah, so why don't you, plug your show and uh, you know if there's anything else but I, I think I've got what I need great um, you want me to plug it go for it <laughs> okay yeah so 
our show is called Millennial America. You know, it's tuned to uh, millennials, Gen Z, anybody that we listen or, you know, that wants to listen to it. Um, we don't discriminate against age that much. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, we believe for far too long our country has been controlled by, you know, two parties made up of politicians, liberals, conservatives, moderates who have been in office, you know, since some of us were born, hell, since, you know, some of us weren't born. <laughs> um, it's time, like, we believe it's time to make change and it takes all of us. Um, so we want everybody who's listening to take it, like, take information away from our show, um, learn something new every episode, feel motivated, empowered, you know, to go out and vote, do your part, be an activist, run for office. You know, there's so many things that you can do. Um, you can listen to us. Apparently, Isaac just put this in here. Um, every Tuesday for a new installment of Millennial America, we're moving from Fridays. <laughs> oh, <laughs> is that news to you? <laughs> I guess so, yeah. Um, our Twitter is at Modus2020. That is M-O-T-U-S 2020. And our Instagram is at Millennial.America. And you can find us on anchor.fm slash Millennial America. Sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah, sorry, I did not know that, like, I mean, I think you mentioned it to me, but it just, like, oh, okay. over my head. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I recently went from Monday to Tuesday because I just consistently wasn't getting it out Monday. So I was like, all right, it's Tuesday yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, well, thank you so much for coming on, man. I was, it, it's been a long, well, it feels like a long time, but I guess <laughs> it yeah, hasn't been that thank long. You for having me. I wish that they could have been on here. Um, definitely would have been uh very entertaining like i tend to talk a lot especially when it's just myself um they would have had a lot to say too but you know circumstances change very fast especially nowadays so yeah it's all good make yeah. <laughs> people can go to your show and, and get the whole group so yeah definitely definitely awesome. talk to it with isaac he's the one that handles that so hopefully when he feels better we can arrange it yeah yeah sweet yeah well thank you for having me on like um, when does this like come out? Um, it'll probably be like, like a week or two. Perfect. Cool. Do you Sweet. need anything else from me? I, that's, uh, that's all good on my end. Great. It's good to meet okay. you, man. Mm, well, if you, um, do you like use email? Cause I know like Isaac's been communicating with you through like Twitter. Oh yeah. That, yeah. That might be easier. Um, all right. Let me give you his because I like um, don't have to write it down. Okay. Thank you. Let's see. Come on. What is it? <laughs> so it is podcasting93 at gmail.com. So that's where he like handles scheduling and everything. So when he told me that you're communicating through Twitter, I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's easy to lose those messages sometimes. <laughs> um, hopefully this sounds good. I'm sorry about that interruption, but <laughs> that's okay. I think, yeah. Otherwise I think it's uh, totally fine. Um, yeah. yeah, it was good to meet you. Thanks for coming on. You too. Thank you for having, <clears throat> sorry, gosh, I don't know what's going on with my throat, but thank you for having me. Um, yeah, just arrange it with Isaac whenever you're free. We can have you on. Sweet. Um, you know, he's got COVID, so I don't know how that's going to like play out right yeah, now. Yeah. But 
definitely talk to him. Like I've enjoyed this. So I think you'd be a great contribution. Oh, good. All right. Thanks. Well, thank you for having me on. Cool. See you, Bye. And that was my interview with John Reed. Thanks for listening. And uh, once again, send me an email at radicalizeme at gmail.com or send us a voicemail at anchor.fm slash radicalizeme. Um, you know, if you've got other leftist content creators, if you are a leftist content creator, I want to want to uh, talk to you. And um, anything else? Anything else you want to talk about? Uh, if you like the show, please rate, comment, and subscribe. And just keep fucking crushing it. Get out of here.